Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights the remarkable ways people are contributing to their community. I'm John McKay, the Member of Parliament for Scarborough Gilwood. Today, I'm joined by colleagues Mitzi Hunter and Paul Ainsley for a special feature of our virtual town hall with Dr. Shavita Padi. She's the Associate Medical Officer of Health at the Toronto Public Health and holds a master's degree in public health from the University of Toronto and a medical degree from the University of Ottawa. We talk about vaccine planning and distribution and other questions from the community. Here's our conversation with Dr. Shavita Padi. Dr. Patti, uh, first of all, welcome. Welcome to uh, the center of the universe, which is Scarborough. You probably don't know that, but it's true. Um, and we have some of the most intelligent people here in the entire country, and one of whom is Marcia. And uh, this is something we've been really hearing a lot about. Um, I've been trying to book appointments for my daughter and myself since you sent the email. Not, I've not been successful. We, do, we have been sending out pop-up clinic emails. If we expect the city to be open, why is it so difficult to get an appointment? And especially as I work in high-risk areas as health and safety inspector uh, with the school board. That's well, pretty serious work. Is it, ex- it is extremely frustrating as it seems that we have to check every minute daily. So what is your answer to Marcia? First of all, um, Marcia, I, I really want to apologize for the experience you're having. I do want to acknowledge it is it is frustrating. And, um, you know, for everyone out there, I, I, you know, I can't fault you. It is a bit confusing because here in Toronto, we actually have many avenues to get your immunizations. And, and part of our thinking was that we wanted to have different avenues available to everyone um, who... Um, because different people have different lifestyles, different schedules, and we want to make sure getting your immunizations are as easy as possible. But definitely hearing that scheduling is is not an ideal situation right now, and, and I really definitely want to apologize, and, and we are trying to make things better. Um, so I, I will say this, um, probably your easiest um, shot you know, to get an immunization is actually to go check out our website at uh, toronto.ca slash COVID-19. Um, there you'll find the link to to, um, to the city clinics, um, which is a, a booking link, and it directs you to the provincial system, which is the system that the city clinics are employing right now um, to to book an, um, to book your appointment at one of our clinics. And if you're having struggles with the online system, you can also call the provincial call center, which operates, I believe, till 8 p.m. every single day. Um, and, and I'm sure they'd be able to help you out. That said, um, really, um, what this really boils down to is that we just don't have enough vaccine supply right now. We're talking about the hottest commodity on this planet in the universe right now is is COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, we're really dependent on the supplies. And um, at our city clinics, for example, we don't um, we only schedule appointments according to how much vaccine we know we're going to get. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you don't have an easy answer for you. Uh, is to, to Your best bet is to try um, our website and call the uh, Provincial Call Centre for more assistance in booking an appointment, and hopefully we'll get you in soon. 
Uh, well, you're on the hot hot seat here. Uh, you're in a hot spot because 15 of the 17 uh, postal yep. codes in Scarborough are hot spots. So you're on the hot seat in the hot spot. Um, and you might talk about the interaction between the Scarborough Health Network and the City of Toronto Health System and the interaction with um, the province. I just want um, everyone to acknowledge that this is actually um, a historic undertaking right now. This is this is the largest immunization campaign we've actually ever undertaken in the history of humanity, and and at this pace. And and um, you know, I'm not making excuses, but there's going to be bumps in the road here. And in order to take this, um, have this massive undertaking, we have to have as many hands on deck. And so what that means is that we're working um, together as as Toronto Public Health, the City of Toronto, working with our numerous healthcare partners. So whether Scarborough Health Network, our other hospital partners, our Ontario health teams, as well as our pharmacies. And uh, so everyone is pitching in in, in this huge effort. And um, once again, I really want to apologize that the, you know, I we heard Scarborough Health Network had to cancel appointments because of vaccine supply. That's really kind of a rate limiting step right now, unfortunately. And, you know, we hope with time, um, you know, especially as Moderna um, retools their plant and they can actually manufacture more vaccine, um, this problem will be alleviated. Um, so, you know, once again, uh, I can't speak for the Scarborough Health Network clinics, but I'm um, speaking to the City of Toronto clinics. We only create appointments um, if we are 100% sure we have the vaccine. So it would be in a really rare circumstance, we would have to cancel clinics. Um, but what happens then is that we always have, um, you know, we don't have that many appointments to offer because it's all based on vaccine supply. Sorry to bring you back to that. So, Dr. Patty, we have, um, as you know, a, a very active constituency here in Scarborough Guildwood. It is one of the hottest of the hotspots. And, and so, um, you know, one of the questions that we're being asked is many of our constituents are essential workers and they've continued to work throughout the pandemic. So David is asking, um, he crosses the border for uh, his job and, um, you know, he is an essential worker, one of the many in Scarborough Guildwood. Uh, but when he goes to the clinic and answers the question about being out of the country, he says that he is turned away from the vaccination clinic. So I guess he is trying to get his vaccine as an essential worker who travels frequently. So. He basically says, how do I get vaccinated? Yeah, so so first of all, you know, David, thank you for your service. Um, essential workers are are really key to keeping our country running. Um, it's it's why we still have food on our table. So really, thank you for your service. Um, I, I do want to stress that yeah, that when you go to any clinic, they have these screening questions, and of course, you know, if you've been out of the country, you should technically be quarantining. But we know there are exceptions um, exceptions for and and exemptions, I should say, federal exemptions for individuals who do cross the border order because they are essential workers. And uh, um, I can only speak for our um, mass immunization clinics at the city, uh, but we do um, we do recognize uh, this, these groups of individuals. And what I suggest is if possible, if you can bring a letter from your employer stating that, you know, you you are essential worker and you have to cross the border frequently uh, for, for your job. Um, I have actually informed our team that, uh, you know, provided you don't have any symptoms, you should be permitted to get your vaccine um, at our clinic. So um, that's probably the best solution. 
It's really great, uh, Dr. Patty, that Toronto Public Health provides that service uh, to our much needed essential workers. So Jack is asking um, a question here. Jack was one of the first in line to get his AstraZeneca shot when it opened up at a shopper's drug mart. And at the time, they were unable to tell him or give him a date for a second shot. So he has no clue about when he can have his second shot. So what do we say to Jack? So, so Jack, congratulations on, on getting your vaccine. And I'm glad you were so keen and, and you got your AstraZeneca. That's amazing. It's, it's a great vaccine. Um, I'll say this. I know there's going to be a lot of you in this kind of this situation because once again, it's going back to that, you know, vaccine supply issue that we have. And right now, um, at least um, I haven't heard anything recently on what the sight lines are for AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca coming to the country, right? We know um, that there's sort of two major locations in the world that produce AstraZeneca, um, one in Europe and then of course in India. And we know there's a humanitarian crisis essentially going on in India right now with COVID and um, um, really getting supply from there is uh, the chances are probably limited. So um, firstly, I'll just state we don't know when we're getting more AstraZeneca. That said, we know there are so many people who are in this situation and um, uh, NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations, who, you, who you've heard, they're reviewing the studies right now to see um, what we call is uh, vaccine interchangeability. So right now we generally don't advise people to get different vaccine products or different types of vaccines. We, you know, we have the mRNA vaccines, which are the Pfizer and the Moderna, and we have the adenovirus uh, vector vaccines, which are the AstraZeneca and the Johnson and Johnson. And right now we're not, um, you know, we don't recommend mixing the two, but we recognize that people will be in this position where they got the AstraZeneca, but if we don't get any, we want to make sure that you're still protected. So I would say, you know, there's still time between your first dose and your second dose. And between that, we do expect to hear from our counterparts at NACI on uh, whether you'll be eligible for another vaccine such as Pfizer or Moderna. So, um, you know, you'll have to still stay tuned. And what I also suggest is when it gets closer to the the date of your second dose, so the 116 days have passed from your first dose of AstraZeneca, is to contact the Shoppers Drug Mart and see if they have any more details on second doses as well. Can you clarify on the rules after you receive your first dose? The vaccines are amazing, but we know they're not 100% protective, right? And we still have to wait for much more of the population to still get immunized, right? And for most of these vaccines, you need to receive two doses to be really protected, right? Um, especially with the Pfizer and Moderna, to hit that 90 to 95%, you need to have your two doses. And so, so that said, not, you know, let, let me just stress, stress this first and apologize if this gets a little, um, you know, nerdy and, and um, you know, I am a doctor and I'm a scientist, so I, I love immunology. But, but, you know, first and foremost, I want to convey that, you know, as soon as you get your shot, it doesn't mean you have this invisibility cloak to, to COVID. It doesn't mean you're magically instantaneously protected. It actually takes several weeks to develop antibodies to protect yourself. So, so to keep that in mind, okay? So with that in mind, we still have to adhere to all of those public health measures, okay? So that means maintaining your distance, um, not going to crowded spaces and gatherings, wear, um, wearing your mask um, at all times, including outdoors if you can't safely distance with someone, washing your hands, and of course, if you are uh, symptomatic, to stay at home. 
And what I do want to stress too is yes, you can become sick um, after you've received your vaccine because you just may not have had enough time to develop antibodies. So if you do develop symptoms after you've been immunized, you still need to follow all the same rules again, right? Stay at home, isolate and get yourself tested as soon as possible because you could still have COVID. So um, really thankful for this question and really want to stress, you know, I know everyone is tired and fatigued and, you know, their hands are all dry from washing their hands so much with, with the alcohol, <laughs> this hand sanitizer, and we all want to have parties and barbecues, but, you know, we just need to, to keep at it a little bit longer. And then the more, the better we stick to these public health measures, you know, the sooner this will end. So, you know, keep at it. Um, so just stating that, get your vaccine, but we got to still keep at the public health measures. And Dr. Patty, if you had somebody like say two individuals working in an office, they were the only ones in an office, they both had their shots, but they should still both wear their masks, maintain their social distancing and not interact with others. That'd be similar? Yes, same same thing. And I would also advise if you are if you are someone who does have to physically go into work, you should always screen yourself every day, every morning before or before your shift, before you go to work. Make sure you don't have any kind of symptoms. If you have any kind of symptoms, please stay at home and get yourself tested as soon as possible. Yeah, further to uh, Dr. Brady's point, I do have a friend who did get a, his shot and two or three days later got COVID. And yeah. um, Fortunately, it came true. I think uh, I, uh, further to your point, I take it the further along you are between your shot and and your symptoms, uh, the better off you are. The, the, the vaccine starts to, if you will, reduce the symptoms, but it doesn't mm -hmm. actually prevent the disease. So you build it up after two or three years. I do have um, a, another question here, and it's just once an individual starts receiving, um, once we start giving second doses to everyone, uh, which is my understanding is, is going to perhaps even be accelerated with the supply, the voluminous supply that we now have of vaccines. How do people who have not yet received their vaccine get prioritized? And I, I would see this as, you know, in the minds of Toronto Public Health. So for our local community in Scarborough. Um, most definitely. So, um there's there's a few angles here I want to sort of answer this question. Um, so the overall prioritization framework of of um, who got to go first in line for a vaccine was developed by the, our provincial counterparts um, at the uh, vaccine task force, and a lot of science and and ethics and and things like that went into into who was prioritized. Um, that said, we know um, there are people who are going to be due for their second doses, while there's um, still a large segment of the population who have not received their first dose, and um, we are we are um, looking into this strategy right now. So there. There's active work ongoing onto what we call the second dose strategy because we want to make sure no one is left behind. And ideally, the reason we went to an extended uh, interval between dose one and dose two is because we wanted to get as many people immunized as possible. So there is active work going on um, and it is also contingent on supply. So once again, going back to the math, we're going to have to do some really hard math to see how many people are left who are unimmunized and how do we 
um, you know, make slots for them in our clinics and, and bring them in um, while, while we still respect the, um, the second dose interval for the remaining people. Um, the other thing I want to say is um, we know it's not easy. I want to acknowledge that first and foremost. And I've done a lot of research um, in my past around this on other vaccines. You know, it's not easy for everyone to just come to a clinic. You know, some people are working three jobs. Some people um, have, you know, um, people to take care of at home and they can't just leave their home uh, to, to get vaccinated. And so this is why we're working with all of our health sector partners as well as different community agencies um, to see how we can make um, vaccine as accessible as possible. And um, as we start getting more of the fridge stable uh, vaccines, so, um, you know, as if we get more AstraZeneca, more Johnson & Johnson, which is fridge stable, and even Moderna to a certain extent, which is uh, fridge stable, um, we can have more access points for people to access vaccine as well. So we want to make sure that everyone has um, has as many opportunities as possible to get immunized. We don't want anyone left behind. And so um, that is definitely at the forefront of a public health mind, because in order for us to get out of this pandemic, we need to have at least, you know, for me, I would say probably 80 to 85 percent of our, our community, you know, fully vaccinated. Right. So so, um, you know, the work is going on behind the scenes around that piece. What is the strategy to vaccinate residents in Toronto community housing buildings as all the buildings in Scarborough are considered in hotspot postal codes? So my, so my understanding is that these buildings have been identified and um, um, basically um, all of these buildings are sort of uh, put on a list by Ontario Health and and a risk stratification is done based on on what we know about those buildings and who lives in those buildings right if, if it's um you know a higher proportion of, of seniors who live in that building or or special populations who may um, have other medical conditions so that's stratified and basically ontario health has this list and and they're slowly um going through um those um buildings uh, building by building based on vaccine supply and and their own capacity to immunize so um, it's just a matter of time but I should say this if you do live in a hot spot and you do have the ability to either go to a pop-up clinic or to register for a mass immunization clinic um, don't hesitate to wait because we don't know how we don't know how long it'll take to get an actual mobile clinic there um, Chris here who's worried about missing his second appointment but what happens to him if uh, by accident or otherwise he misses his second appointment so if you book through the provincial booking system, um, you will actually get reminders because we know 112 or 116 days is still a ways off, you know. Um, and uh, so you will get a few reminders about your appointment. So we do try to um, avoid missed appointments. But you know what? Life happens and sometimes you will miss your appointment and that's okay. Um, so if that happens, call the uh, provincial call center and we'll get you rebooked for a second dose. So will will the elderly have these fully vaccinated by end of June in your yeah, I, I have a keen interest in this question. <laughs> <laughs> Some personal investment. Um, uh, so indeed, I, indeed. <laughs> so I, I'll say actually um, not necessarily. Um, 
of course, if there is uh, more vaccine supply and there's a change in provincial guidance, we'll definitely move people up. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we still have many people who are on that 116 uh, day interval. And because, uh, for instance, our mass clinic started uh, first day was March 17th. So um, actually the first day of second doses uh, won't start until about uh, July 7th, that week there. So no, not all seniors will have their second dose uh, by June. But I, sh I should say this, though, if um, um, people who are residing in long-term care facilities and retirement homes, uh, we are respecting the product, what we call the product monograph dose interval, so the, the 21 or the 28 days based on the product. So because those individuals are at higher risk of, of uh, you know, um, succumbing to severe illness and, and hospitalization and, and unfortunately death, they, they will receive their second dose within that time frame. When someone has their first vaccine, what are those restrictions? So it's still the same restrictions, you know, that you had to go through five minutes before you got your vaccine, right? So I'll, I'll reiterate it again, because this is really important. You know, it takes several weeks for your body to actually develop antibodies to protect you from, from COVID. And even that, even though you're protected, a lot of the public still isn't protected because we still need to get a lot of needles into arms. So what that means, you still have to keep your distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, not not go into gatherings, you know, um, stick to your household members. And if, of course, if you're sick or symptomatic, which could happen if you've been immunized, you need to stay at home, isolate and get yourself tested as soon as possible. The four month uh, drama uh, story is just trying to get supply and you're seeing uh, expectations. Government, government had legitimate expectations of more supply by now and um, and uh, but didn't anticipate that uh, um, say India for instance is a um, humanitarian disaster um, and that's affected supply didn't anticipate and how could it participate that uh, one of the um, manufacturing facilities in uh, in Europe uh, went down. Um, so uh, uh, you know, we are, it is what it is. We are where we are. Um, and we have a reasonable expectation that, um, uh, that over the next uh, few weeks and months, uh, we will be, I was going to say flooded, but I think, uh, I think the number is 40 million by the end of June. And that's more than the population of Canada. And so, um, uh, hopefully all of these conversations about, um, whether I got a second dose or I don't have a second dose, whether I want this one or that one, and et cetera, et cetera, will be, be, will be behind us. Dr. Patty, do you think um, people that have had received their AstraZeneca, if they, we don't have a supply for second doses, would it go, like for example, Pfizer, would they go back to kind of like their first shot didn't happen and they would have to do two doses of Pfizer to reach their 90%? Or is that yeah. still something that's being looked at or? Yeah, there, it's being looked at. And I know there are studies actually actively being um, that are being undertaken in Europe um, exploring that. And actually, um, um, you know, not to, to go too far out in the future, um, some people may have already heard that Pfizer is actually recommending a third dose 
for anyone who even got two doses of, of Pfizer. So it's it's um, really too early to tell. I think as, as time goes on and more studies and more research is done, uh, we'll have a better understanding. But who knows, this could be, um, you know, COVID could be with us for a really long time and we might have to get our shot like we do every year with the flu. So, um, you know, um, as we learn more about uh, about this disease and about this this uh, virus and 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 the vaccines and how they work, um, we'll get more details on that. Okay, perfect, excellent. Well, uh, are we doing wrap up now, or we're we not doing wrap up? Yes, I was just gonna say we're gonna let our guest of honor have the uh, closing remarks first, Dr. Patty. Thank you so much, Councillor Ainsley, and and thank you, MPP Hunter and and MP McKay. Thank you so much for being here, and, and to all the constituents um, in in Scarborough. It's uh, um, I actually quite enjoy doing this and connecting with people. Um, it's uh, it actually gives me um, sort of a, a sense of of, of um, you know what people are concerned about, and and if I can do anything to ease your mind, you know that's what I'm I'm here for as well. And um, I just want to you know remind people and. Actually, first, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for showing interest in immunizations and, and vaccines and and continue to, um, you know, encourage all your friends and your family members to get vaccinated because this will help us end the pandemic sooner. And also along those lines, just keep on sticking to those public health measures. I know the weather's getting nice outside, it's barbecue season, but we still need you to stick to your households right now and, and do all the right things. So maintaining your distance, wearing your masks, staying home if you're sick and washing your hands a ton so with that uh, thank you so much and i wish you all a good evening well i wanted to th uh, thank dr patty for uh, coming here tonight um she clearly has no talent as a politician um we would uh, she answered all of the questions in a straightforward <laughs> fashion full of facts and uh, useful information um so um uh, we appreciate your uh, your willingness to uh, come and share that information with us thank you thanks thank everyone Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McKay. This podcast was produced with support from Malayla Sharif, Janisa Loss, and Amanda Capito. If you want to stay up to date with the Scarborough Guildwood writing, sign up for my newsletter on johnmckay.libborough.ca.